catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where, thank the Lord Almighty, 2019 is finally coming to an end, because any much longer, and I think Lakers Twitter will combust. And we're all just trying to squeeze out those last bits of dumb, dumb, diddy, dumb, dumb that we can before 2020 hits, it seems. But hey, by all means, get the crazy out of the way now before we hit Perfect Vision 2020. But we are here as a Lakers Legacy Podcast standing at the tail end of 2019, at the precipice of 2020, still telling you and reminding you that this Lakers season has been a blessing and the ride just got fun. There is no story without conflict, without tension, so here we are. In this episode, we're doing a free-flowing temperature check on the team, there is no agenda, we will go as the wind takes us, and to help me in this hippie venture is my good friend, our Lakers Chicago correspondent, host of the Late Night Lake Show podcast, Mr. Ricky Barnes. You know him as Mr. Ricky Spanish on Twitter. Ricky, belated Merry Christmas to you. Happy early New Year. And thank God the Lakers beat the Blazers, huh? Yeah, for real, man. I thought, you know, it, we was about to spontaneously combust on Twitter.com. But uh, <laughs> no, yeah, happy belated, uh, belated Christmas to you, my friend. Happy early New Year. And I'm um, excited to be back on the Lakers Legacy podcast. I feel, you know, I, can I can I say I'm a friend of the show? Am I an official friend yes, of the show? Yes, absolutely. Hey, all right. I'll take that, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And belated Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. Um, Ricky, tell the people where they can find you guys at real quick. Yeah. So make sure that you are subscribed to the Late Night Lake Show podcast, wherever you get your podcast right. Um, you could follow me, as Jonathan said, at Mr. Ricky Spanish. Follow my co-host Danny, base underscore Dan. You know, I'm all I'm all over the place. Make sure you're uh, following EC Sports TV. That's why I do my weekly uh, TV show, local TV correspondent, Ricky, as well. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much anywhere on the Internet you can find me. So that's me. Awesome. So like I mentioned, the Lakers beat the Blazers. We are recording this prior to the Dallas Mavericks game. Hopefully they win that as well. And thank God that they beat the Blazers because Lakers Twitter... Lakers fans were about to cannibalize themselves over the last week in which the rate at which the Lakers were losing was pretty much comparable to how much they've lost in the last in the first month and a half of the season. So needless to say, I don't think 
Lakers fans knew, and I'm including myself, knew how to handle themselves or cope with uh, the recent string of losses. But luckily last night we got back into the win column. Uh, It is an objective fact. And first I'll say the Lakers are still number one in the West. I think they're only two losses behind the Bucks, even in spite of the four-game losing streak. They are, what are we right now? We are 25-7. and Yep. Um, And that's in spite of the fact that LeBron James has been pretty banged up. And it's an objective fact, look, like the Lakers have not looked very good. They've slipped. They are actually ninth in defensive rating now, by the way. Fans can probably see that on their screens as well, just noting that the defense has sort of lapsed in the in the last couple games, in the last couple weeks. We're still fourth in offensive rating. Net rating-wise, the Lakers have also dropped to fourth. So objectively, the Lakers just haven't been playing at their optimal level. That comes with the fact in the territory that we have been playing the likes of the Clippers, the Bucks, the Denver Nuggets, like all of these like high-ranking teams or teams that we would potentially face in the playoffs. And it's obviously not a great look that when it comes to these marquee games, we have fallen short mm-hmm. the last few weeks. Not ideal. Yeah. So with everything that has happened the last few weeks, and I'm sure in the moment you've been like, oh, shoot, we just don't got it. We got to go to the trade machine. Let's fire that up and see what we can concoct. Uh, Ricky, just give me your current temperature check and outlook on the team. First, give me your like spur of the moment, like, oh, shoot, what is this team? What has this team become? Is it who I thought it was, et cetera, et cetera? And then slowly, as you've taken a step back, applied context and perspective, how you're just looking at this team overall right now. Yeah. So first of all, I think that when last night, well, by the time you guys are hearing this, uh, Saturday night against Portland in Portland was crucial. Right. I went from and we were talking about this um, earlier in the week when we wanted to record. And this was right in the eye of the storm, right after uh, the Christmas loss to the Clippers. Like, yo, you know, do we want to record now? Get our feelings off this, this and that. And Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, well, let's, you know, let's see how the the Portland game goes. And the Portland game went back to regularly scheduled programming right Mm -hmm. before the this December to forget a little trip. So I don't know, like in the moment. You watch these games and the Pacers game seems like a scheduled loss when you look at how the season's progressing. It's like, all right, everybody's looking forward to this Bucks game. So nobody freaked out over losing to the Pacers, even though the Lakers could have won that game easily, right? And no um, Anthony Davis, too. So it, Right. It You're missing AD from it. You move on and then you play Milwaukee in Milwaukee. Giannis goes berserk from three you're watching it and i don't know about you guys but i like to even as i'm in the moment watching the game reacting to it i want to also keep in mind am i watching an anomaly am i watching a Mm one-off or am i watching you know an actual pattern and events that are happening where i think oh shit no this is something that can be repeated um four times in a series right Right. yep Giannis going five for eight for three God bless him. I've talked to him in the Bulls uh, visitors locker room about his three point shooting. He said something that he's going to keep doing. I don't necessarily think that that is sustainable right at this current moment. And I'm not necessarily going to be, you know, shitting my pants come finals time if we're blessed to play the Bucks. Um, for Giannis knocking down the threes. Probably the one thing we're going to game plan to give him, regardless of how this year is going. <laughs> Sorry, the other anomaly, too, is that the Lakers bench is not going to score four points. <laughs> uh, hello? Right? What did we drop? Plus 70 in this Portland game? Yeah, 72 and then 49 the game before. So 
So you take all this and final little tidbit from that. Giannis has shot 26% from three since that game against the Lakers. He's been awful from three. So mm-hmm. watch that game in the moment. It sucked. I'm happy I didn't go and spend $400 on those tickets. <laughs> all right, right? So then you move on to go home and face Denver, you know, a team that kind of gets off, pun intended, on beating the (laughs) Lakers no matter when they face them, where they face them. And you have it without LeBron James. Okay, yeah, that's an L. And then you have LeBron, who's pretty much, for all intents and purposes, hibernating and charging, waiting for the Christmas game. So is Kawhi Leonard. He's kind of mastered this whole, I'll take games off to get ready for the big games. Um, go back, check the Clippers schedule. They kind of alternated this whole win loss, win loss kind of deal. Um, and they beat the Lakers. Kawhi was amazing, right? Everything mm-hmm. looked good. LeBron looked banged up. He got a knee to the, to the little PP area from Patrick Beverly. <laughs> he does what he does, right? And, you know, he's obviously not a hundred percent. Shot better, was able to run into Kevin Hart's lap. Fine. Fine. Another loss. I say all that to say, my brother, I'm watching these games, and I kind of had a understanding of why the Lakers lost for each yes. and every single game. And I didn't think that they were um, um, repeatable offenses to the fact that the Lakers aren't going to score four points from the bench again. Giannis isn't going to be out of his mind from three most likely, right? We could be wrong. He's an amazing player. You know, LeBron isn't going to get knee to the dick. Hopefully. <laughs> you never know. Patrick Beverly does what he likes to do. That's the and title of this episode. Need to the dick. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then finally, you know, LeBron's going to face a Denver team come playoff time. Yes. So all that being said, they weren't great. They weren't ideal. Yes, there were problems individually with each and every single game. And somebody knows where Danny Green's three-point shot is, please send them my way. Yes. I will return it back to its rightful owner. But I think we're okay, especially if we could pull this game out or the Lakers could pull this game out on a back-to-back against Dallas tonight. I think full order will be restored amongst Lakerland, Lakers faithful, in the locker room, any shit that's going on there, it's not really, but we kind of made it something or whatever. But just win against Dallas on a back-to-back, nobody's going to be freaking out. We're going to the new year happy, right? What do you think? Absolutely. No, I agree with you. And look, is it a good look that against the cream of the crop, the Lakers have sort of stumbled? It is not. No. And I will say the one thing that I got out of this, and, and we're not, me and Ricky are not saying here that there were not flaws or concerns that were uncovered during this losing streak. There definitely were, but you combine that with the different contextual factors that sort of impeded the Lakers as well that are sort of anomalies, and they kind of level themselves out, right? Um, The Clippers game, we should have won that game. That was a game we won. We were up by like 15 in the third quarter, okay? And then we were up by seven with like five minutes left to go. Um, LeBron James played that entire game banged up, like you mentioned, and he just couldn't close, Um, and Frank Vogel kind of fumbled the bag in the fourth quarter there with his rotations as well. Those are tactical things that in a seven-game series, Frank Vogel will hopefully adjust and adapt to, you know? Um, That was a game we should have won. If there's any annoyance, it's that we should have freaking won that game. It's not that I wasn't afraid of the Clippers. Um, Game one, I was, and then I remembered, oh, yeah, we didn't have Kyle Kuzma game one, and Kyle Kuzma looked like the better player between him and Paul George on Christmas Day, okay? That's likely not going to be consistently the case in a playoff series, but it's still an encouraging one and one that we didn't have in game one. Um, And the way Kyle Kuzma's been playing, we can get into that later, it's like 
that sort of instills a whole lot of confidence in me right now with regards to the Lakers playoff prospects moving down the road if he's not shipped out in the trade deadline. Um, yes, it does. But overall, I agree with you. Like, <clears throat> yeah, four-game losing streak, it sucks. Like, the one thing that I can take out of this is against the best of the best, maybe the Lakers' margin for error is razor thin. But they can improve that. You know, there are things that they can improve, whether that's, you know, trying to get another primary scoring initiator or ball handler, getting another wing, um, or most of all, you know, maybe just getting healthy. You know, I know it's never going to be an an, an ideal situation where everyone on your roster is going to be on the same page health-wise and coming in at the same time continuity-wise as we're seeing with Avery Bradley. It's kind of like a revolving musical chairs door of, like, who's healthy, who's not. Luckily, we haven't had super long sustained injuries, and especially not to LeBron James and Anthony Davis, although... I'm sure a lot of people are are getting a little worried and cautious about how many nicks and bruises they've been sort of, you know, tacking mm-hmm. onto their body. Um, that's yeah. definitely a concern for sure. Um, but look, the Lakers were on the road for so long during this stretch. They were hella tired. You got to it, it's it's almost like a compounded effect here. And the Lakers upcoming schedule is about to become very home heavy. And I think the Washington Wizards are the only remaining team in the NBA besides the Lakers who have like more home games left in the season, you know? So the Lakers, because they were such road warriors in their first half of the season, can actually take solace in the fact that they can sleep in their own beds again, you know, and not have to deal with the travel and all that stuff. So, I mean, these are all things to keep in mind. And, and, and like you mentioned, overall, there were contextual factors that I could point to in each one of these losses that told me, yeah, it sucks that during the, like in the big stage, we fell short, um, it sucks that it felt like LeBron James was pressing and his decision-making in the clutch sucked and he looked a step slower. But then again, he was even before the groin injury, he was kind of banged up during the Indiana Pacers game, right? Um, and it sucks that that Nuggets game was like a, a very scary picture into what life is like without LeBron because it's like, oh, shoot, nobody can dribble the ball. <laughs> but Rondo, right. and that's not a good thing, you know? Obviously, all these things, there there are certain things that if you, you know, really dissect, there are definite concerns. But hopefully, in your baseline scenario, LeBron James and Anthony Davis are there. And, and healthy. And healthy. And these things will kind of just shore themselves up in a seven-game series. And and I think the biggest thing for me is, like, taking a step back and looking at it from a macro perspective, like, this is part of the journey, man. This is part mm-hmm. of the process. I always kind of just kept that in mind, like... Did we really think like the good times were going to keep on rolling? I would almost be a little worried if they did, because at least we got the losses and not to say that we're not going to experience future struggles, but it's like, it's good that this team is learning who they are amidst struggles like this, tough stretches like this. I'd hate to be like, you know, 40 and five, you know, by like mid-February or whatever, and we really haven't faced any tests, you know? At least the tests are coming now and we can see how this team is going to respond. Like, are we really legit? How, if these guys say that they are guys who talk about it instead of being about it, how do they face adversity? We're getting an early glimpse into that and, you know, they're stumbling about a little to end 2019, but our leaders are LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and I'm very excited and intrigued to see how they respond to situations like this. The Portland thing was a good step in the right direction, and they're trudging forward even though they're banged up, and that's, I think, what I like to see. And even Kyle Kuzma's response to all the bullshit that happened on Saturday, which was such a sad day for Lakers Twitter, man, um, even that is indicative of, okay, I think this team, 
regardless of what's happening on Twitter, they don't care about any of that. They're barely looking at their timelines. Call a spade a spade, okay? Um, (laughs) Regardless of anything that's happening there, they seem like a tight-knit group that buckles down. After this win against Portland, you saw Alex Caruso, Cal Kuzma, Dwight Howard all post stuff about, you know, this is when you step up, the struggle is real, but this is when you prove yourself. Something all, like, captions all along those lines, right? And this team is who we thought they were, at least chemistry-wise, and it's, it's nice to see that Okay, rough stretch, rough patch. How are they going to respond? So that's that's kind of my deal, and I'm 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 along for the ride. I'm definitely not at panic mode yet. So, no, definitely not at panic mode. You asked about the the temperature and where I'm at. Like you said, you dissect it. Okay, not great games on the individual level. You start to build it back together. You noticed about the point in the schedule, the amount of road games, the start to get your, you know, third of the season way through, bumps and bruises start to uh, compile. And I'm not going to lie to you. Like, and I think Jonathan said it, uh, alluded to it great as well. Like, yes, we are concerned about the amount of nicks and bruises that LeBron James and Anthony Davis are taking. Yes, we are noticing that LeBron James's minutes are starting to uptick and these games that, you know, the Lakers really, really, really want to win and unfortunately are losing. But at the same time, I think this is a, a important point. We got to stop playing doctor mm-hmm. <laughs> as yeah. fans, right? Like we talk about, oh, it's time to sit LeBron, sit Anthony Davis. Like, okay, you you do that. You tell Anthony Davis that because he is dealing with a mildly sore shoulder, but when he wakes up in the morning after treatment, he feels good to play basketball, that, nah, you know what? It's better that you sit down. He's tired of fucking losing. <laughs> like, he's not really trying to hear all of that. He's got a lot of things on his agenda to do. Same with LeBron. Like, guys, we all rave about LeBron and how much he takes care of his body like no other athlete has ever done before. Did you think he just fired his whole health team when he came to the Lakers? No. First and foremost, his little inside circle of consultants, they're going to tell him and they're going to work with him to make sure that he's in peak condition. And then they will work with the Lakers doctors to make sure that they are putting him in positions that he can succeed and not hurt his body. Mm -hmm. So... The whole, why is LeBron playing? Why is Anthony Davis playing? Because they feel like these are games that they need to MFing play. All right, that's the end of my little uh, soapbox right there. And that's a great way to end segment one. Before we pitch it to our sponsors, just want to remind everyone to please follow us on Twitter, at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate interview us five stars on iTunes. Um, I think we're at 404. So we reached 400 before 2020, Ricky, which is an amazing feat. And wow. now I'm just now I'm just trying to get us to 420 because then it's literally lit. So please just then get us to 420. Lit, lit. Um, but also help Ricky get to 1,800 followers. I believe you're like one short right now, right? By the time this mm-hmm. ends and by the time this is out, you probably have it. But just in case, it's always good to pile on the Twitter followers. So I'll take them. Um, yep. So with that said, we will pitch it to our sponsors. And when we get back, we'll just talk about some things that have stood out to us in you know, maybe the last game or few. And uh, yeah, we'll close it out from there. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it. Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola Energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola Energy. Energy you want, taste you love. 
how to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love. All right, so we are back. Ricky, I just want to say that I don't, I don't think I'm cut out for Twitter, man. I'm good at, like, producing content and, you know, somewhat being cheekily funny and whatnot and punny. But as a platform and, like, living on the timeline, I realize that it may not be for me. And I'm so glad that this holiday season I have been stuck on the East Coast in Philly once again, been preoccupied with family, good family, good friends, good food, etc., that... When that Kyle Kuzma, Clint Park stuff came to light, I was like, yo, I'm turning this off right now. I'll say like one or two tweets and I'm turning this off, spending time with family, watching Little Women, which is a good movie, by the way. Don't knock it. Um, And I was like, I'm done. Well, you know what you have to do? You know what you have to do in those situations, right? Like when all that was dropping, the whole Clint Parks thing, I was at wine tasting at Cooper's Hawk with my wife. And I'm like Mm -hmm. three glasses in and I'm like, oh, this is (laughs) escalating. And this is turning into a whole thing. Could I dive in and just partake in all of the madness of the, you know, just going back and forth and getting takes off? Sure. But I was like, you know what? This is also a uh, Twitter for all intents and purposes is a video game. It's like Sims to me. Like I have a creative player that lives and, you know, sometimes on my account, I throw in my personal life. But less and less, I'm starting to do that because I'm realizing that, you know. Y'all, y'all gonna say whatever the fuck y'all want to say anyway. Like whether I agree with it or not, you guys are just going to yell into the void in my mentions, outside of my mentions. And also, it also when these things come up, these are the perfect time to do your spring cleaning, right? Absolutely. You either, yes. you either hit your mutes or you're like, you know what? You're just not as funny as I thought you were four months ago. <laughs> no hard feelings, but you know this is my this is my preferences on my video game. So my, exactly, my no. Sense. That's a great analogy, the Sims analogy. And you're, you're right. Like, this is some of the stuff on my timeline. It's like, look, to each his own, right? But that's just not, sometimes not the energy that I need. And this is not like me getting on a soapbox and trying to be self-righteous or get on a high horse or anything. It's just like, that's not my personality. That's not how I like to live my life. I don't like to TMZ Lakers players and figure out what's going on in the background and then try to psychoanalyze an armchair psychologist like why they could be playing off or whatever. I mean, we do that to some extent, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're on podcasts and whatnot. But the extent to which we started connecting the dots from Clint Parks and then, oh my gosh, Cal Kuzma 30 minutes later just so happened to say a spade is a spade. And I was like, what are we doing here, guys? What are we doing here? Maybe, maybe he was playing spades. And it was like trying to figure out if the big joke or a little joke or which one was which because it wasn't written on the card. Maybe maybe that's what he was doing. Or maybe he was just fucking talking about Amazon. (laughs) You know, like the tweets that he just said right before that. But anyway, like I don't, you know, I know what I put into the world I receive. So I dabble a little bit in the whole I want to see, you know, kind of what the the dark internet has to offer as far as you know getting your hot takes off and really just you know piling on on the topic i use it for my entertainment as far as twitter but at the same time i'm just like oh okay this is you are literally enjoying all of this okay well i'm I'm gonna mute you so right (laughs) and look i'll say i'll say this plain and simple i'm sure my timeline is rife with 
hypocrisies and double standards and whatnot. It's just there's a line that I like to draw where I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go there. Uh, with that said, Ricky, let's talk about Cal Kuzma <laughs> and any let's other Lakers player you want to talk about, actually, because since he's returned from his little rest and rehabilitation for his ankle injury, he has come out guns blazing, giving no Fs. He's had his New Year's resolution kind of early, it seems like, and he has resembled the Cal Kuzma that we thought we were going to get more consistently to start this season. And it's been an entirely, and I credit some of this to the coaching staff as well, because it's clear that they've given him the green light in some respects to be like, be Cal Kuzma, you know? Because I think at the beginning of the year, they were like, all right, you're just going to be Danny Green. Just stand on the corners and uh, kind of like run around. Um, but in the, in the recent three games or so, He's been dribbling the ball. He's been doing Kobe Bryant jab fake, jab step, you know, pivot into a turnaround mm-hmm. J type stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. I like it. I like it. And like Kuzma, he's like firing. I mean, his three-point shot, there was that one stretch where he hit three threes, three plus threes in like five straight games. And then he had the eye injury and then ankle injury that kind of threw him off his rhythm. But clearly his shot is back and he's shooting without conscience in the good way. Um, and even on defense, he's been very solid. And I think he's been playing the right matches in terms of guarding guys who are more his size because as we know Kyle Kuzma's weakness defensively is when he's matched up against a smaller guard who has who's shaky and shifty and he can't really move his feet that well but when it's against guys like Paul George or Carmelo Anthony or even Kawhi Leonard Carmelo Anthony right (laughs) he made he made Carmelo look a little bit aged and seasoned I was like, ooh, is that, is that Peppa? Is that Lowry season song (laughs) all over Carmelo right now what's going on Kyle's standing him up on the post Exactly. And it must be it must be tough for Carmelo to see kind of like Kyle Kuzma, who's like sort of like a weird, you know, that Spider-Man meme sort of protege thing going on. And he's like, ah, damn it. This guy's got me on both ends. Mm -hmm. Right. But yeah, what have your thoughts been on on the confident new Kuz who I'm I'm assuming this is going to be 2020 stay woke, perfect vision Kuz from here on out, we hope so. Yeah, his last uh, five or six games, I believe Kuz is averaging about uh, 26 points a game. I will take that. I will. <laughs> I will enjoy that, right? And if that's the case, if Kuz is averaging, you know, anywhere between 21 and 25 points a game for this Lakers team, all right. Well, you, goddamn it, you found your third score. Then you know it alleviates the need to go and you know really just give Detroit whatever the hell they want for you know uh, a Derrick Rose or you know trying to take a flyer on Alonzo Trier from the Knicks it kind of lessens that need of that other score that you need to acquire but I still think both moves if they happen will be uh to the benefit of the Lakers um but as far as how Kuz is Fitting in, obviously, this whole Clip Parks thing was weird and blown out of proportion and a good on Kuz for just addressing it like a man and approaching LeBron in the way that he did. LeBron post game, you know, obviously after Kuz has a great game, because you know, if Kuz did not have a good game against the Trailblazers last night, the real, the real oh, pitchforks yes. would have been out, out, like, so we don't even have to talk about it and that's the the beauty about basketball you play it's not football you you play so often that you know a three game stretch can change someone's entire perception 
on uh, with with a fan base and Kuz is doing that right before my eyes if we had this conversation two weeks ago three weeks ago a month ago I'm probably saying all right talk to me about trade offers for for Kuzma actually fucking Danny my co-host he wanted to do a whole segment that we're gonna drop tomorrow about (laughs) I'm gonna do I'm gonna do trade packages for Kyle Kuzma I'm like dog did you not just watch what he's been doing like why why are we trading him um if you just want to laugh at the the hilarity of what the hell he thought Kyle Kuzma (laughs) should go for go check that out but no but as a whole man like i don't i we have not seen 100 healthy coups until what four or five games ago since he came back from that injury and what have you seen from that you've seen a guy who has been aggressive and efficient he is mixing it up as lebron recently just said yes with his uh threes and uh, getting the ball moved and in and out the post. Like, Kuz has that bag of lucky charms. We all know that, right? If you are a Lakers fan and you were a Lakers fan since his rookie year, you know that Kuz has a whole little artillery that he showed, showed in summer league and then throughout the whole season that he had it. The skyhook is way back. It's starting to get some uh, cobwebs on it. But he's got that <laughs> in his repertoire. And if Kuz continues to gain his confidence and find his fit with this team and realizing that, oh, shit, okay, so when I come in the game and it's still me and Anthony Davis, I still need, it, need to make a slice of the Kyle Kuzma show because it's just as important as throwing it into AD and letting him, you know, try to bully ball somebody on him, right? So I, I'm, I'm bullish on what the, the young boy is doing right now. If I'm going to steal this from uh, from your tweet, if his name was uh, Brandon Ingram, uh, you guys would be jumping off of uh, a fucking building right now and just trying to prove that. See, I told you he turned the corner, but I think uh, it's about 75 percent of the fan base is uh, on trade Coos Island. And we just, you know, hey. Feel how you feel. I'm not watching the game next to you, so I don't really give a fuck. Yeah. But, you know, I just think that you should take into account he wasn't healthy. He's figuring out his role as a bench player, but maybe he should be starting. You know, I'd love to hear your thoughts about that. But, you know, Kuz is, as long as these shots are going down and they're all wet, right? You see, these these aren't rimmers. These are wet. So, wow, there's I'm going down a deep path of weird analogies <laughs> right now. So why don't you take it over, Jonathan? How are you liking from what you're seeing out of Kuz in comparison to what you think you can get for him on the trade market? Moist, moist. Oh, okay. um, anyways, I'm um... taking my headphones <laughs> off. That shit. Oh, my God. Where's my um, I mean, Q-tip? I mean, you guys at this point should know that, like, I, I wouldn't purport to be a coup stand, but I've always had the kids back, mainly because of the backlash has been so over-exaggerated that I tend to want to try and always balance things out. That's just naturally my persona. But backlash works. As we're as we're seeing a little bit, it seems like the the outward social media slandering of Lakers Nation <laughs> has a four percent effect on players' psyche and their performance. KCP was the Apparently. first victim that turned into a hero, right? And then it turned to Kuz, and he's turned the corner. Obviously, it could just be for the reasons that we already outlined and his health right. and finding his fit. But fine, we'll do the slandering too. Um, Danny Green, you're up next, my brother. But still, back to you. 
Um, no, I'm not going to go too much further into coups because you pretty much already stated everything that I was thinking and then my preamble before that. But like, like you mentioned and like I mentioned, look, if this guy's name was Brandon Ingram, everyone would be qualifying his entire season up until now and saying, be patient, this guy came from a stress reaction like where he wasn't even putting any weight at the beginning of October. He's learning a new role and has to learn how to fit alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis. He's playing 10 less minutes, shooting six less shots. Like if his name was Ingram, we would hear all of these. They're not even excuses. They're actual facts. These qualifiers day in, day out to the point where when he busts out like this, people would, be like, would not be surprised, you know? But because his name is Kyle Kuzma and he's always had to be compared to Brandon Ingram or Alonzo Ball or these higher picks and he's just kind of this diamond in the rough where it's just like, okay, whatever you can give us, you can give us. We don't really believe in your ceiling. This is sort of how he's always been treated. But I have been shouting from the rooftops from the beginning, let's give this dude some time. They're not even running plays for him. How do you expect him to get into a rhythm? He probably worked on his handles, and I know it's still shaky, but he probably worked on a lot of things that he's not even able to showcase. He looked stellar during Team USA. His rhythm got cut short there when he got the stress reaction, and then he wasn't even able to play for the first you know, couple weeks of the season. This stuff takes time. And I'm not surprised but while, but at what Kyle Kuzma is doing. Do I expect him to be consistent like this the whole way through where he's averaging 18 to 20 points? No, he's not a perfect player. But at this point, we have such an amazing duo in LeBron James and Anthony Davis that if Kyle Kuzma can give us, you know, 18-point Kyle Kuzma three out of every four games, that's all we need, you know? And he's providing that so far. And good on him. Quickly, let's transition to KCP because... KCP is my one bugaboo. I don't even know if using that term, if I'm using that term right, but KCP is my one thing where people can call me out on and be like, you're a hypocrite. And I would be like, guilty. <laughs> I have slandered yeah. KCP. I have used him as a joke, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but he has proven me wrong. I have eaten crow on this already. I think I tweeted back, you know, late November. He is the hero. He's not the, whatever that Batman quote is, where he's like, not the hero that we deserve, but the hero that we have right now. You guys know what the quote is. But KCP has been amazing. Him and Kuz have been on this Hobbs and Shaw sort of deal coming off the bench and really like putting the hurt on opposing teams and really providing the Lakers with that spark that we've needed from the bench. And I know a lot of people are clamoring for maybe inserting KCP, and I'm all for that. Maybe Cal Kuzma deserves to start. Although at this point, it's like if if they're playing so well off the bench, maybe we don't want to hurt the rhythm. Although, no, also... fuck it. Just throw them into the starting lineup. I'm sure, you know, that firepower will go into the starting lineup and then it won't matter. Who cares who's on the bench, right? Yeah, and, no. and you know what? And, and that's fair, especially because when you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis in the starting lineup and their net rating is not great, then something needs to be shaken up. So I'm all for that as well. But KCP has been amazing. He has not, he has kept it simple, stupid. I think that's the phrase for KCP, who I once called Special K. Um, wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. But, but hey, man, 10506278. What a revelation. At this point, I take back everything that I've said. I will say, I am the lowest on KCP. I have been the lowest. I have been unfair. And a part of me still wonders whether or not he will. Um, revert back to his old spacey ways in the playoffs. I'm still not 100% confident, but at this point, I have to give him the benefit of the doubt, right? If I'm preaching all this for Kuzma and other people, I have to give KCP the benefit of the doubt, and he's played solidly long enough that I'm going to afford him that, you know? And he's been amazing. He's hit his three-point shots, even though some of them are, like, questionable <laughs> shots. 
But how timely were those three? How timely against Portland? Come, like it was like, like the first one that he hit. Uh, I believe it was about you know five or less minutes left to go. In. He hit two with five to go in the game, and the first one he hit, he was wide open, corner three buckets right it was like all right all right you did your job because our show was about to curse your ass out if you missed that one then the second one (laughs) he hit to kind of semi-ice the game he had a little he had somebody on him and it was that uh it was the Stu lance a fast break one that i had tweeted out about oh here comes Stu lance uh, getting pissed off about somebody taking a pull-up three right and he drained that one too and it's like okay all right we are all seeing this with our with our eyeballs, right? KCP is doing great things at important times in the game. If that's the case, and if Kyle Kuzma's doing his job, Johnny, how how far off are we from what we need to be? You know what I'm saying? Like I think right. that's the whole point of this episode, right? Or yes, I am not happy that we are not happy as a nation that the Lakers have did that four game a losing streak against really good teams and teams that we will probably have to see and beat going into the playoffs in the playoffs or in the finals. Right. But I am appreciative of what I saw in those losses were very correctable. And throughout those losses, we saw positive things in players that weren't doing positive things before. Yes. Avery Bradley has fallen off of a goddamn cliff. We are still, (laughs) as we said in the beginning of the episode, searching for Danny Green's three-point shot. We think it's come around. He's a multiple-time uh, NBA Finals champ. Now we're seeing our boys KCP and uh, Kyle Kuzma prove that, hey, I'm not trying to get traded to goddamn Sacramento. You're not about to send me back to Detroit, my hometown. No, I am in Los Angeles. No. What, what is that? What is the most popular meme right now of uh, somebody? Oh, it's of, uh, it's of Skip. Uh, into talking about the the Clippers and shit, right? Or in his jersey, he's like, "No, oh, talk about yeah. Dallas, the Cowboys." No, I mean it is my turn. That that's what they're saying, and I think we should at least give them another month. Like, guys, I don't think to sorry to final point. I don't think it's going to take Kyle Kuzma to get Derrick Rose out of Detroit. It is not, you know. No. So mm-hmm. if we're saying things like that, like yes, you can go and clamor over um uh bb and i can't pronounce either one of his first or last name you know i'm out of sacramento boy don boy yeah uh yep um you can clamor over him if you want but if kyle kuzma's giving me what i need and we would still need to match salary to make the trade work i'd say give me give me the, you know the the devil i know is better than the one yes. that i'm trying to get so those are my my final thoughts on on what's going down in Lakers Nation. Thank you. Yeah, quickly to touch upon what you just mentioned, for KCP, the added thing that I really like too is just better decision-making. He's had like two assists in the last, at least two assists in the last four games. He had a really nice pick-and-roll balance pass to a Dwight Howard for a dunk last night. You know, like, so it's all coming together for him, all firing on all cylinders for KCP and good on him. Um, on Kyle Kuzma, I agree with you. Vacuum in a vacuum for just looking at talent, yes, Kuzma for Bogdanovich or Bogovich, as some people have joked on Twitter. There's that picture of LeBron James in practice huddled up, and he's like, yeah, bring me Bagovich or whatever his name is after the Clint right. Price stuff. Bagovich, I'm dead. That was hilarious, man. I was like, give me Bagovich or whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking gold. So, yes, like, talent-wise, sure, do that swap all day. But like you mentioned, this this whole season, we're all learning as fans that it goes beyond just what we see in the here and now on the basketball court, right? 
There are politics to be had. There are a lot of intangibles, especially on a team with such good chemistry as this group has shown. There are a lot of things that you got to take into account. And with Kyle Kuzma, like you mentioned, it's the devil that we do know. And chemistry-wise, like Anthony Davis, LeBron James, I'm sure they're the first to be like ship out whoever, but they've also invested a lot in this guy as well and believe in him. They've seen him grow. They've been the one pumping up his praises recently. And um, mm-hmm. if, if we're going to trade Kyle Kuzma for something, then yeah, we better be getting a Bogdanovich, but that's almost a mute point because the Kings aren't going to do that. Um, also, are, do the Lakers want to jeopardize their cap space next year when they have to re-up Bogdanovich for 15 to 18 million? You know, I don't think so. And I don't, I honestly, it's easy for us to say, give me Bogdanovich, but that is still a dude who's what, three inches shorter than Kuzma at the end of the day? Like, how good is he defensively? Are we going to be complaining about him the same way that we've complained about Kuz defensively, but on another level because he's yeah, also much but shorter? he's the one we wanted. He's the one we wanted to trade for. So yeah, we'll still bitch about him, but you know, <laughs> you know, it's okay. So at the end of the day, yeah, it better be if we're going to make a trade like that. It better be for someone of his level, but also someone who's gettable, like like Spencer Dinwiddie. That type of deal is what I'd preferably like to have if we do have to surrender Kuz. But my whole stance is I think this team is good enough to win with Kuz while not having to sacrifice the future and still using Kuz for the future. Hey, that reminds me, brother. Let's uh, in the next, you know, maybe before the season's over, before we get to celebration mode or whatever the, the Lakers bring us this year, we should just do a peek into a future and do a futures episode on what oh, the yeah, Lakers absolutely. look like in five years. <laughs> yes, let's definitely do that. Hey, um, to close this show, though, I want to bring up Avery Bradley and Danny Green. This whole episode, we've been talking about context, you know, adding perspective and I think we're in that moment with those two guys. It's It's been a musical chairs of people struggling, but also people stepping up. And I imagine it's going to be that way till the end of this season. So get comfortable with it. Luckily, we have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, like I said. And right now, Avery Bradley has come back from his hairline fracture. People say he's been back for like five, eight games. He should be, he should be good to go. And I'd say... You don't know what a hair, what it is to deal with a hairline fracture, and especially the way that Avery Bradley plays, where he's so manic and frenetic. You don't know how it's affecting him. And furthermore, on defense, he seems like the same Avery Bradley. You know, he's still scrappy as hell. It's offensively where he can't seem to get the ball to go down the basket or make the right decisions, and you don't know what's going on with him mentally either. We, After everything we've seen from KCP and Kyle Kuzma, we got to apply the same sort of perspective to Avery Bradley. Should he be starting? Probably not. He and, and Vogel should probably be a little more liberal with pulling him. But I am not all of people all of a sudden are coming out of the woodwork, especially that Clippers blogger or whatever, bringing up his like Avery Bradley sucks type stuff once again. And I'm just like, well, hold on, guys. This dude just came back from an injury. Like, he needs time to readjust and reacclimate himself to this team. Avery Bradley had sexual relations with someone he loves. <laughs> if that's the if we're at that point of just, you know, bringing up like I don't know what Avery Bradley did to this man during his Clippers time, but if this is the level of slander where you need to go, "Oh, the Lakers are going to get their final piece once they trade Avery Bradley." Like, dog, ain't nobody fucking talking about Avery Bradley in the sense anymore that he is going to be the missing link for a championship team. Exactly. So, show goofy ass down. 
relax, figure out how Kawhi's degenerative knee is going to hold up throughout the entire season. Hopefully they got the same regiment they do in Toronto, which I'll copycatted, right? So let's just, you know, you want to talk about Avery Bradley, we'll talk about how you guys still aren't first in the West. So uh, I'm exactly. sorry, this, this is your closing monologue. No, no, but yeah, my closing line was, look, Avery Bradley and Danny Green are struggling, but at the same time, they're veterans. They've been there before, especially with Danny Green. Apparently this is who he's always been, like just an inconsistent guy but at least he still brings it defensively and you know for sure for sure for sure that come playoff time and also parenthetical this also applies to rondo i know people don't want to hear it come playoff time he will make some big plays to help us win okay and i'm looking forward to that regardless of how many inconsistent two for seven shooting nights i have to witness where i'm like what does this guy actually do on offense i get it he also looks (laughs) like whenever he's shooting a three like he's about to bungee jump into a cliff All weird stuff going on. But let's all apply, once again, some context and perspective, especially to Avery Bradley, the man who nothing's nothing's changed but the fact that this guy had a hairline fracture and is just readjusting. So let's give him some time. Your closing thoughts on those two guys or even just Avery Bradley. I think um, it's. Very important that oh shit you said Avery Bradley I want to talk about Danny Green oh, man you brought up no, a no, really great point about DG and I think that it should be reiterated in Ricky terms that hey guys this is Danny Green's first year with the Lakers he's got a two year deal I'm frustrated with his three point shooting but haven't we realize that when you roll with a player for multiple years and they're just not on one-year deals you start to understand their tendencies and even their highs and lows throughout a season i don't know what the hell regular season danny green looks like you you could show me fucking numbers you could show me you know uh basketball uh, uh highlight reels on youtube but in the reality i don't know if danny green gets cold midway throughout the season and then turns it back on for the playoff time i don't know if danny green is uh, you know, he gets banged up in his left toe habitually every year. I don't fucking know. He just got here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I am a victim. I am a, uh, I am, uh, a, I do this too, where I expect greatness throughout an entire year or someone to do their entire job every single game. And especially for specialists, like a three point three and D guy like Danny Green, I think that it's important that we keep it in the context that we really don't know how he really operates throughout the entire year. I'll bet you this. I bet you Lakers fans know when LeBron James is going to shoot a uh, an ISO three. <laughs> yep. Right? We all can call that out like with our eyes closed now. How, we, we had to realize and we had to pick up on his patterns, right? LeBron Sands, they've known that for a while. But, but to my, the larger point, and a little bit with uh, Avery Bradley, it's just you got to give it time to realize, you know, what's actually a, a habit what's part of their DNA and what's an outlier um, with Avery in short, his offense is not good. Right. But that's why you pay a head coach and to do what he needs to do. I'm totally aligned with Vogel giving him minutes to get back to full strength. Somebody, a lot of coaches go the whole you can't lose your job due to injury method. So when he's back and he's quote unquote healthy to play in regular games, you put him out there, you give him his minutes back, do this and that. And then when you get a 10 game sample size, 
you readjust. You know Vogel's already done that, even from his comments in the beginning beginning of the year. He's not going to do knee-jerk reactions. It's an 82-game season. If, if, if Danny Green, Avery Bradley need to be out of the starting lineup, if Kyle Kuzma uh, and KCP need to be into the starting lineup, let's just let's give it a grip of games, and then let's evaluate it on is Vogel incompetent or is he just – Letting the uh, you know, letting the chemistry cook for a little bit, and then realizing that this batch don't taste too good. That's it. Exactly, I agree with you, hundred percent. And you know, the one thing that is very apparent in Avery Bradley's recovery from this hairline fracture is, and it was already apparent before this, was he just doesn't get his legs underneath him when he shoots that jump shot or that three point shot, especially right. Everything is always so short. So. He's shooting like 22% from three-point land. And look, if you look at the history of Avery Bradley shooting, is he like a shooter in the sense of a Danny Green or even a KCP? No, but he has also never shot. He shot 35% or above way more times than he has even 31%. And at this point, if we can just get 31, 33% shooting Avery Bradley from the three-point line, I'll take it because he has been straight donuts for, you know, since he's returned essentially outside of like that one game against Denver. So... This is the worst we're going to see of Avery Bradley. Let's just hope that his adjustment period does not go any further than this. But I, I'm, I'm fully expecting, just as we've seen with Kyle Kuzma, with KCP, with Dwight Howard, it, it, this, these guys are going to ebb and flow. This is the season. This is an ebb and flow type of season. We've even seen it from LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis has been kind of quiet recently. I don't know if you guys have noticed. This is just going to happen in the full length of a season. This is a marathon, not a sprint. These are good lessons and words to live by as we enter into 2020 when everybody just wants to throw out their New Year's resolutions really quickly and then, you know, not stick with them. But this Hmm. takes time. This is a process. Enjoy the journey. Trust the process. We're going to be fine. Lakers are still first in the West, even while not being fully healthy, even while not fully being all there. As the season progresses, these guys will continue to get to know each other and each other's idiosyncrasies even more on the court, where they like to be, off the court, etc., etc. Frank Vogel's going to learn about his mistakes and what he's doing wrong, and it's all going to be okay. This is still the most fun Lakers season we've had in, like, the last decade, okay? So let's all revel in that. Let's not forget about that. Uh, Ricky, thank you for hopping on before the new year strikes 2020. One last time, let the people know where they can find you. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on, brother. I had a lot of fun. I just, I really do appreciate how we always shoot for a set amount of time and then we blow past it by at (laughs) least 20 minutes. But that's that's what happens when you get on a roll, man. But yeah, no, uh, you guys can find me on Twitter, Mr. Ricky Spanish. You know, the the takes are Lakers-centric. I'm leaning Lakers-heavy. So I hope nobody gets that confused as far as when they creep across my timeline, who I am really, really directing my love and affection towards. Um, follow the podcast, Late Night Lakers on Twitter, um, and then follow EC Sports TV if you're interested in seeing my face and talking about sports. So uh, thank you once again, my man, for having me on. Happy New Year's to you and your listeners. Absolutely. Happy New Year's to you as well. Happy New Year's to all the LLP listeners and what is it? Late LNLS listeners, right? Did you do that right? Yeah, L-N-L-S. no, you got it right. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yep. Happy New Year, everybody. Go Lakers. Go, go. We're going to be fine. 2020 going to be lit. Pew, 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 pew. We got 17 to hang, y'all. Relax. Enjoy the <laughs> ride. Exactly. All right. I'll catch you later, man. Peace. <laughs>
how to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.